All right. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Thursday. Nothing like a dry start to a show. Making me feel good. All right, uh, Jake Scott with you uh, here at our Carrier Zone studios at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton across the glass from me. And uh, safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. All right, we will get to Gordon coming up here shortly. We have an action-packed show uh, scheduled for you today. We hope everybody out there is having a good Thursday. Our friend uh, Katie from Homie is uh, is with us. Uh, she'll jump on the show uh, coming up here in, in a little bit. Ah, I can hear you there, Gordon. Gordon, hello. hello. How are you? Hello. I don't know why you didn't hear me the first time. I was screaming at the top of my lungs, you know. Well, we're already having one of those days, so, you know, good to, good to hear you. Glad you're here. How are things in your world? When I put the, head, when I put the headset on, I heard, uh, I heard uh, Lloyd say, just take it. Yeah, that's, that's the way I got it, too. So here we are. Um, yeah, how's life in your world? You doing well? You having a good time? Hopefully, yeah, uh, I'm doing all right. How about you? Uh, you get your power on? No, no, no. So, hope you're enjoying your electronics, all your your electrical needs. I hope you're enjoying all of that. Your heat, your light, your your uh, uh, your iPads, your phones. Hope you're loving every second of it. Everything's working perfectly except for this machine I'm on right now. Okay, so what else is new? Uh, but uh, but yeah, power out still. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I just saw uh, a tweet from uh, the Rocky Mountain Power spokesperson saying their goal is to get everybody back set up by tonight. So we'll see if they make it. It's not what the email said that they sent out uh, most recently, where they said ah, it might be tomorrow. So that's terrific. But you know, I'm I'm hanging. Oh, in really? There. Yeah. I, I'm 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 one day further into the uh, I am now Austin experiment, and because uh, because this is very this stuff usually happens to Austin, where <laughs> he doesn't have hard luck, he just has bad luck. Um, and uh, and I got to say, I'm still I'm still being as patient as I can. But can I tell you what I'm losing patience with? Sure. All the people online on the Twitter and the face chat and the whatever talking about how they got their power back on and hooray and good for you. I, 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 I don't want to hear it. Are you envious of your neighbors? Well, my neighbors don't have power either. So what are, what are you talking about? Uh, bozos on Twitter I mean, talking I about mean, how I they mean got neighbor- their power back? Yeah, I'm bitter. <laughs> I meant I meant neighbors in the greater sense, you know. Well, these uh, these people and I are are not neighbors. Uh, these uh, no, it's it's not their fault though. I'm sure they're happy they got their power back on. I'm just bitter. Like like again, like I said yesterday, Austin's power went off. He got it back like 15 minutes later. Here I am. Uh, what was that? A week ago, still without power. It wasn't a week. I know Austin. Well, it wasn't exactly. Like, I know it wasn't, it wasn't exactly. 15 it wasn't 15 minutes it was seven hours or something oh seven hours whoa is me what did you did you lose an ice cream bar from the freezer oh no <laughs> several actually <laughs> whoa is me but, but that's it's fine it's fine in the grand scheme of things it's not a big deal it's just a minor inconvenience of course but i am hoping it it comes back today that would be nice 
How about the tree? Give us the update on the tree. Tree has slipped several feet, but still is not. Uh, still, the the <laughs> fence remains holding somewhat. So, but I the the only chainsaw I really have access to is an electric chainsaw. So, there's not much I can do about that either. <laughs> You could maybe get a really long extension cord and you could plug it in at my house and run it down. Run it the all the way down? And over the way. That would be quite an extension <laughs> cord. So, so, Jake, I did something today that I haven't done a lot of uh, recently, but Clean. I went for our drive. I went, <laughs> I went for a drive in my car and drove through various uh, neighborhoods and whatnot. And man, there are some areas that are really, really are trees everywhere man i'll tell you that windstorm you know this is what's frightening me a little bit everything that austin is afraid of is coming about so that he should be afraid of it you know and that's really scary he was afraid to go on a cruise for no good reason and then he has a good reason he's afraid of the wind and now he has a good reason to be afraid of that so you should have been listening to me for years no, I'm not going to go that far. Well, that wind was rough, though. What's it going to take for you to listen to me? If you start listening, <laughs> to me, none of this, none of this will uh, will happen. Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, is that true? Well, you didn't listen to me, and it did happen. So, so why not try it the other way? Okay. Well, we'll see. I'm afraid I, to. I'm afraid to ask Austin what else he's afraid of because I'm. <laughs> I mean, I'll be here for the start of come. the show. <laughs> 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 and lo and behold. But uh no, I mean there's there's a lot of people dealing with stuff out there. I you know, driving around uh Gordon today is better than yesterday when it comes to downed stuff and you know, people putting stuff back together. Like I said yesterday, uh, there there's a lot of wood chips around on the roads and yeah. the wood chip industry is about to come into a lot of product. Yep. Not and and I saw a lot of tree Maintenance folks out there, uh, tree removal folks, uh, people who chop their trees up in that. Is it called a wood chipper? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, I believe I learned that from the movie Fargo. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, a lot of people out there working hard. So, Jake, I, I think you may be the last person to get their power back. That may be. It may happen. That's fine, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no power in my house still. Quick update for you. So I'm so I'm sure hoping that you're enjoying, you know, all your your luxuries that come along with electricity. Your pain has made me appreciate uh, my uh, conveniences all the more. Oh, good, great, because that was my goal all along. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh man. Well, I'm glad you're safe and sound. I uh, appreciate that. But the good news is, is uh, you know, I'm in a terrible mood, so it's going to be... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the the show is, is always the best part of my day, and because uh, talking sports and goofing around with you can uh, is always fun. We've got a, a busy show today. We are, uh, we're going to talk some NFL today. Gordon, at 4 o'clock, uh, we're going to talk to Matt Williamson, get a lowdown on, uh, on what he expects from the NFL season, which gets going tonight, which is just awesome. I'm going to be... I mean, glued to the television watching the NFL. Glad it's back. Maybe this situation now with, uh, well, at least a good number of schools around here who are not playing football, maybe they'll dive more into the NFL. Because I've always thought the NFL was fun to watch, uh, but uh, it seems to be more of a college town. I, am I misreading that or do you agree? 
No, and, and I've, uh, you know, various radio management groups that I've worked for, they've done studies uh, around this market. Uh, and, you know, this stuff kind of evolves. But there, there's actually a lot of NFL fans uh, that live here. It's just tough, tough to pin down which team. Yeah. Because we're a little yeah. bit divided, and we've had a lot of people that moved here. You know, there are a lot of Bronco fans that uh, grew up here because they were always on TV. There's randomly a lot of Raider fans like Lloyd. Um Niner fans, Niner like fans like uh, like Austin, and I have several friends that are Niner fans uh, because they, you know, were kids during that run in the '80s. You know, there there seem to be cowboy fans everywhere. Um, Gordon, I know you're big into the sports bar scene pre and post COVID, uh, but it, it's interesting to see um, the random bars around town will have like there's a Browns bar and a Ravens bar, and you'll just randomly see them spring up. So there are a lot of NFL fans in this market. But it's not one dominant group. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of Steelers fans around. Right. There's, yeah, it's it. Uh, one of the things that really stands out to me on, on the days that I've had to travel on Sunday, uh, it's going through airports and whatnot. How many NFL jerseys you see? People are really into it, and I don't know whether certain issues that have come up along the way, including you know, concussions and things like that, have have uh, sort of chipped away at that audience, but it sure seems like there's a lot of people out there who really enjoy it. I don't think anything's been chipped away. I think the NFL is still a monster. Yeah. I mean, it ebbs and flows a little bit, but they're by far the most powerful sports organization on the planet, which is crazy to say because we're the only country that even likes the sport. <laughs> but yet it's just a, it's just an absolute monster. And uh, it's... They've got a great product. Um, you know, it's it's got the tradition to it. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited it's here. I, I'm, I'm excited it's here. I'm excited to watch it. I, I'm going to be rooting against Kansas City in every game that they play. And uh, Why? Oh, I just don't like the Chiefs. I never have. So that was really painful for you, the Super Bowl. I don't know about painful. We're, we're just talking, you know, sports here. But, uh, yeah, I was rooting for the Niners. <laughs> That that happened, and you know I don't particularly like the Niners either. So that was that was <laughs> saying something for me. Now now you uh, for about uh, half a heartbeat took a dive into fandom last year. You said you were going to root for the Rams, and again that that didn't really last very long. How many total games did you watch? Oh, uh, I can't really remember. Uh, not a lot. Less than two. Uh, no, it was, it was longer than that. No. But I'm going to I'm going to pick a different team this year and I'm going to stick to it. Okay, which one? I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. Uh maybe maybe since we have so many uh diversified listening audience with different uh affections and passions for your particular team, could you please uh Send us in uh, your what you think. Give me a good reason to root that the big show should root for your team. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can I can I slightly adjust the question real quick here? <laughs> okay. Can I? Which sure. which NFL team most personifies Gordon Monson? No. And the, no, and the most no. votes Gordon will jump on that bandwagon no. for that no. team. <laughs> Don't do it that way. Why? Why? That could be a fun way to do it. Which well, I, This is critical thinking at its best. Which then, team personifies Gordon? No, because then all that is is an opportunity for our listeners to take a shot at me. 
No, it is not. That is not correct. Like, you, you know how I, I think uh, the, the jazz organization likes to personify its fans a little bit. You know, the show up to work every day, you know, the play hard, that, that sort of mentality. You know, the beehive state, that sort of thing. So I, I don't see why we wouldn't kind of do it in reverse order where we pick a team that personifies Gordon. And yes, there are some jokes that could be made. You picked the Rams last year because you're the soft Southern California, you know, on and on and on. But we could also, it could be very complimentary. I mean, (laughs) you've had a lot of uh, sustained success uh, in your career as a columnist and radio personality. Maybe maybe the Patriots best personify Gordon. Well, I, okay, I'll do it your way, but I have a bad feeling about it. I just want to let you know. What do you think, Austin? What what NFL team this year? Not necessarily franchise. I mean, we got to get we got to get a good relationship, Gordon and team. Yeah, because I don't I don't feel like you developed that with the Rams last. No, year. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, the, the Raiders come to mind just because they've got the most vain stadium in all of the league. That they don't let anybody into. But it's not for vanity. It's for uh, economic purposes, right? A lot of money there in Vegas. A lot of money to spend on a stadium. I don't know if I'm buying the Raiders with Gordon, though. Oh, that just matches the cars. Because so. uh, the, the history of the Raiders, I don't think, ma- really personifies uh, Gordon. Oh, I don't think in, I don't think, like, for example, I don't think in Gordon's formative years he was committing felonies. <laughs> like, I feel like... <laughs> That's you know, in later years? Right, uh, right. <laughs> uh, the Packers, because they never fail to tell you that they've had a worse story than you've ever had. Okay. Ask, ask a Packers fan about football in the snow, and then you'll never get your time back. I've got three or four family members who are big-time Packer fans, and I was a Packer fan when I was a youngster. Wait, this this may this may be a good fit because Cheesehead? Oh. Yeah. Gordon is, is a cheese fanatic. Yeah. He, he could embrace that idea pretty quick, I would assume. Hmm. And they're hard-working, blue-collar uh, fans up there. Right, right. Well, we own the team. What's that? You broke up a little bit. What was that question? The, the, the fans own the team, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Right, and you always claim to be uh, what? What uh, the voice of the, the Man proletariat. Of the <laughs> Swinging your pickaxe. <laughs> okay, I think, think it, we can think about this. I think we're on to something here. Do you think I should go with the Bucks, considering that uh, Tom has uh, headed down that way, take, taking Gronk with him? Well, how does that personify you, though? Well, I, mean, I mean, other than Tom we're, is is we're both we're both winners. Other than okay, all right. Other than uh, and and Tom is also um, not young. <laughs> and we're both married to beautiful women. Okay, you can go there. Uh, I don't know if I'm coming along with the Bucks, but let, we let's, both we both wear UGG boots. Do, oh, do no, you wear no, UGG boots? No. You have moats. Is that a thing? No, no, I don't. I was just kidding. Wow, there's a there there is a couple of mean ones coming in, Gordon. Yeah, got it. Uh, let's I see. appreciate I appreciate the uh, the nastiness out there. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. To prove you're here's Jeremy. This is funny. To prove you're a real fan of the game of football, you got to go with Cleveland. <laughs> Why? Because it, 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 to you, remember, it's not about uh, you just enjoy watching competition. So why would you care if the if the team's any good? 
Yeah, but being a Cleveland Brown fan, I mean, what fun is that? I, I think the people who are Browns fans are people who, who, who have lived in Cleveland for a long, long time and got no other options. Wow, that was really mean. Have you ever well, been? Have you ever been to Cleveland? Yes, I have a number of times. I've got a fairly good friend who lived in Cleveland for a while, and he loved it. I know. I wasn't ripping the town. I was just saying that they're, they've been stuck with the Browns. Yeah, and it's got a pain like OG Browns fans that when they see the Ravens being good, doesn't it? Because the Browns were bad forever. Then the Browns moved to Baltimore and were immediately good. Remember that? They, they won the Super Bowl. Like, what was it? It was like three years after moving or something ridiculous. And they get, the Browns get a, an, an expansion franchise that has yet to be good. <laughs> and the Ravens have won two Super Bowls and pretty much have been competitive the whole time. Who owns all the old Browns records? Is it Baltimore or is it Cleveland? Like the, the record, the franchise records. Wow, I don't know. Because obviously Cleveland kept the name, but it's not the same franchise. I'll bet Baltimore has all their records, too. I bet they Jim do, Jim Brown is technically uh, Baltimore's. A, a Raven. Yeah. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. That wait. just it twists is, the knife. It is the same franchise. It? No, the franchise moved from Cleveland to Baltimore. Correct. Under what's, what was that dude's name? Art Modell? That's oh, that I that see. Okay, you're, you're talking about the Browns. I thought you were talking about the Ravens. Well, yes, the Ravens were the Browns. Right, but it's the same franchise. <laughs> yes. It's the same franchise. I'm uh, sorry, but, I misunderstood. I uh, know, it's fine. We're all kind of misunder. You know, it's kind of one of those uh, who's on first kind of things going on, but that that's all right. Uh, Austin's question was, since the, the Ravens were the Browns and the Browns were nobody, who gets <laughs> to claim the old Browns records? The, For the, example, the, Jim Brown. Was he actually a Raven? Yeah. Okay. That's so all, all we're the asking. Cleveland Browns fans that are mad that Baltimore, they left for Baltimore, they don't even get to celebrate Jim Brown and his record. They don't even have Bernie Kosar anymore. No. He's gone. Hmm. <laughs> no more Eric Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> he was a fine returner, Eric Metcalf. Brian Sipe? No more Brian Sipe. Gone. Raven. That's See, like, sad. who gets to who gets to uh, claim? Um, oh my gosh, Gordon, you're going to be mad at me for uh, for the the Colts quarterback Super Bowl one or whatever Colts quarterback uh, Super Bowl Baltimore three? Col- uh, Super Bowl three Baltimore Col- Colts Earl Morrill oh, Johnny Unitas There you go. Who gets to key? Who gets to claim Johnny Unitas? It's got to be the Indianapolis Colts, right? It does. It's not the Ravens, even though they're now nope. in Baltimore. Indeed. All right. That is absolutely 100 percent correct. And Pistol Pete, he's a member of the Jazz. Yeah, there you go. Not the Pelicans. Right. Correct. Even though he did play for the Utah Jazz one year, did he not? How do the Hornets mix in there? Because Oh, yeah, that's a great, <laughs> yeah, great, you know. great question. Okay. All right. <laughs> what NFL this. franchise best personifies Gordon Monson? And if we can, we can get Gordon onto this, we'll, we'll pick him a team. But that's why you can't be mean because we're not gonna we're not gonna pick that one. This there's is this one, is going one, to be positive. This is going to be a positive exercise. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to work that way. There's one here in particular that uh, takes a pretty good shot at me, but uh, 
I can take it. It's all right. I know, but that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. You get too mean, we're, we're bypassing it. This is going to be a positive vibe exercise, either flattery or gentle teasing at worst. Where, where at would you Jake rate, Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson. Where would you rate this one? Uh, someone says the Raiders. I mean, they used to be relevant in the 1900s. <laughs> wow. See, that's too mean. I'm sorry I wrote that. That's too mean. I didn't mean for this to be mean. Lyle I, meant for this to, I meant for this to be fun. Not mean, fun. See, Lyle called, and I was about to tell you what he said, but then you put this rule out. Now I can't tell you what he was said. Was it mean? Yeah. but funny. Tell, Go ahead. What did he say? Uh, I don't necessarily agree with him, but he said the Dolphins are a good fit because they try really hard to make things really good, like Gordon does with his jokes, but always gets in his own way. Okay, see, that's not too mean. That's kind of Gordon fun. Gordon will think it's mean. It's kind wait, of teasing. Wait, wait, that's not wait, mean, how, though. How do I get in my own way? It's, wait, wait, it's hilarity at its finest. <laughs> see, but that isn't... <laughs> and there's the Dolphins always thinking they're good at something. <laughs> okay, let's let's get some clear. The Dolphins do not think that they're good. When I Ever. think of the Dolphins, I think of Don Shula. So that tells you the era I'm going from. And they haven't been relevant since. Well, they're makes an a NFL team. They, they had Jimmy Johnson's burnout years. And that's <laughs> Bowler about the Dolphins. Uh, well, you know, I mean, Kyle Vanoy's playing for the for the fish now, the fence, whatever. And I wish him well. I hope they're paying him $20 million a year because he's going to win about uh, four games next year. Well, a team has to turn the corner sooner or later, doesn't it? Have you heard of the Sacramento Kings? <laughs> Oh, man. Man, the Sacramento Kings. I, I, I can't remember if we talked about this uh, uh, on the air. And we're, we're going to get into the Jazz coming up right around, uh, right around the corner. But I, looked at, I took a lo- look at the list of players the Kings passed on and who they drafted instead. And, oh, I mean, talk about just missing hugely every single year in the draft. It's pretty amazing. They've, they've passed on the who's who of the NBA in the draft. Yeah, that is that's a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? Going way beyond uh, passing up Tony Parker for Raul Lopez. I mean, <laughs> we're we're talking about passing up Steph Curry and, uh, <laughs> and Luka Doncic, obviously, and there there was like six or seven of them that have just got to crush the hearts of every Sacramento Kings fan. Okay, we'll uh, we'll get into the Jazz uh, coming up next. Dennis Lindsay said something very interesting yesterday, and I uh, want to get Gordon's feedback on that. But joining us now in studio are our friend Katie from Homie.com. Hello, how are you? It's great to see you. Good to see you, too. How are things? Everything good? Everything's good. We survived the windstorm. How about that? We were the only house on our street with, with power, so I'll take it. Wow, because I haven't had it since. You still so, don't have it. No, I still uh, do not have. We're going to push this closer. I still do not have power, but that's all right. I mean, there's what was the number? It was like 190,000 uh, people were out of power or something wild. So, you yeah, know, somebody's got to be last, and I guess that's me. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. But uh, you guys uh, up in Ogden, you guys up north, you got it pretty good too? We got it really good, yeah. Lots of, lots of down trees. We live in Ogden, so lots of big trees that fell down, so... Um, our neighbors got hit pretty hard, but... You guys lucked out. Yeah, we lucked Living out. Living right on and off the field, as Apparently. they say. Magic happens. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Homie and Homie.com. What, uh, what are we getting into today? 
Yeah, well, you know, Homey, our mission is to just make home ownership really easy and affordable, whether you're buying or selling a home. We just want to make it easy and simple for you. Um, Hans just sold his condo. I heard. Yeah, and so um, we made it as simple as we could for him to get the most equity out of that. And so um, today we've got a promo code that we're doing for Hans. So $500 off your listing All right. using promo code Hans. So um, if you're looking into selling your home or selling a property that you have, maybe you have a vacation rental you're just ready to be done with, um, go to homie.com, enter promo code HANDS, and we'll give you $500 off. You guys have changed the way uh, real estate is done and, and passed that savings uh, on down to the, the buyer, seller, uh, whatever the case may be. I think it's great. Yep. All right, homie.com, promo code HANDS. Check it out. We'll have more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. friend Katie from Homie and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts for the latest tour news and artist insight. Check them out, livenation.com. Real quick here, Gordon, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into um, <laughs> we'll dive into what uh, happened yesterday with the Jazz. What do you think about this? We're coming up with uh, the NFL teams that personify Gordon and he can really embrace uh, this NFL season. Um, let's see here. Some of these that we can read. Packers because of cheese, says Seth. So okay. he's he's on the 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 same uh, kind of same spot we are. What do you think about that? Are, are you leaning? You said you have family members. I do have Packer some family fans? members. Uh, my uh, my oldest daughter Lauren, her husband Eric is from Wisconsin, is a huge Packers fan, and so their family are Packer fans and. Uh, well, a couple of my other daughters are, were Packer fans for some reason or another. And I was a Packer fan back in the Vince Lombardi days. Uh, they were, uh, but but then I drifted away. So, I don't know. You kind of have a Detroit Lions feel to me for some reason. Why? I don't know. No, you just... You, you I always have appreciated that... Uh, what color blue is that? Uh, it has a name. I forget the name of it. Sky now, blue? It's kind of a lighter blue? Uh, it's, there's a, uh, it's a different name. But anyway, right. uh, was never really a big uh, uh, Lions or Vikings fan. The Vikings in particular because they were the ones that really knocked off my Packers when I was a kid. So they're already your Packers now? No. No. It's just that's the way it was way back when. But I haven't decided. Obviously, I've got to... Listen to what uh, our listeners say, and I will uh, I will pick one. But uh, last year's Ram pick just didn't do it for me. I don't know what it was, you know. I, yeah, it wasn't a good match. That's what I'm saying. We've got to find find a team that personifies Gordon. Keep it uh, coming at Jake Scott's own at Gordon Monson, or we can do the open mic uh, as well, part of our Zone Sports Network app. All right, Gordon, let's let's talk a little bit about the Jazz. Dennis Lindsay was on our show yesterday. He also did uh, about a 40 minute. 
press conference yesterday, and there was one uh, clip that, that really jumped out. They played this this morning on DJ and PK, and I thought it was uh, really insightful into Rudy Gobert's season and and some changes with Rudy after the 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 layoff and the return of the bubble. Let's let's give those comments a listen. What we saw with Rudy was what wasn't happening. He wasn't walking up on the officials um, in contest of a call uh, nearly as much. Uh, you know, he wasn't constantly asking for the lob or, or giving, you know, advice coming back to the huddle of his teammates. Uh, there was real collaboration. And- so a couple of things that Rudy adjusted from uh, his behavioral standpoint, I thought that was really insightful that, uh, you know, didn't get after the refs as much, didn't uh, dole out advice in, in every huddle and didn't uh, wasn't the, the Keyshawn Johnson wide receiver, you know, wanting the ball at the rim all the, the day, you know, throw me the darn ball as uh, Keyshawn wrote a book once. Uh, it kind of changed his approach on some of those things. And, and Rudy, uh, at times uh, during the playoffs, I mean, even in that Game 7, played really, really well. At times he didn't, but at times he played really well. And I thought he played Nikola Jokic uh, extremely well. The Clippers are going to win that series with da- uh, with uh, Denver, Gordon. But have you noticed how much better Jokic has played in that series as opposed to the series against the Jazz? And Rudy deserves a lot of credit for that. But I, I think that's interesting that, that Rudy had a, a real turnaround. Well, real refocus maybe on some issues with his role on the team and that's a it's an adult thing to do I, I think I'll disagree with you a little bit on that Jokic was held in check I mean that game seven Jokic exploded and was the key player in the Nuggets victory wouldn't you agree in Game 7, I think I'm talking about the series overall. The Jamal Murray was the, the much more dominant player for Denver than Jokic, I thought. Yeah, I'm talking about that Game 7, which was the difference in the series. But uh, obviously, Rudy's a terrific defender. I, I don't know whether you – know, there were times when you'd see him argue with the referees uh, when he should be getting back, uh, going down the floor, all that stuff. I mean, that, that that's uh, – you just got to learn those lessons. My question is, these things that Dennis was pointing out, did someone teach him that or did Rudy figure that out on his own? Uh, I would guess that there was some conversation with Rudy. Uh, like talking too much in the huddle, you know? Um, have you ever been, did you ever have a teammate that was constantly doing that? Oh, yeah. Did you ever have a coworker that was constantly doing that? Still do. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that softball, Gordon. Thank you. Uh, no, I know. I just, I just wonder. You know, I mean, these are things that sometimes people got to figure out as they live their lives, and uh, and sometimes there is a little bit of a blind spot there, a lack of awareness, where you want it to be as effective as possible. Uh, without reaching a point of diminishing return. And and that's uh, maybe Rudy was pushing out a little too hard certain times. I, I I can appreciate the conflict for 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 a professional athlete and specifically basketball because it's a very individual player driven league maybe you know as close to an individual sport as we get in team sports but I I really appreciate the conflict between what's best for me and what's best for the team because those things aren't always 
right, you know? Or those things don't always mesh together. And I do have sympathy for Rudy because he is trying to earn as much money in his next contract as he possibly can. And he wants to be seen uh, as an elite of the elites. And he knows he can't do that unless he's a good offensive player. Uh-huh. And, and I get that side of it. But also, what's best for the Jazz as a team for them to win? Because Rudy talks about wanting to win all the time. And I believe him when he says that, too. So there's that that conflict there and it seems like it you know during the the break and having his issues with Donovan Mitchell it sounds to me like Rudy was encouraged or took it upon himself it doesn't make that big of a difference to me but to re-examine his role on the team and his voice in the locker room and I think he needed to do that um because I don't think he was going to get the Supermax one way or the other or is going to get the Supermax. And that's why I, I brought up that Andy Larson report yesterday because has he also, you know, become more uh, amenable from a financial standpoint too? Because Rudy's in a really uh, pivotal position in his life right now. I agree with everything you just said, Jake. And, wow! And, Sorry, and, and, did I suck the air out of the room, Gordon? No. Do we need to go to break? Did I did I take it all <laughs> myself? I apologize. No, I agree with everything you said, <laughs> and and that that point you made about it doesn't matter where he learned it from, whether he taught it to himself or whether he learned it from someone. What difference does that make? It doesn't make any difference as long as he learns the lesson. Yeah. Right. Yep. So and and maybe he has, and maybe that's a part. Of his maturation. You know, the more I, I study sports, the, the more I think the effect of having the right outlook, having the right attitude is so very important. And, and, and the way those things are manifested to the rest of the team it is, it is critical. And obviously, if you don't have the talent, it's not going to matter. I mean, you all, we all know the guy at some level on a high school team or a college team who was a yapper and wanted to be a leader and he just sucked. And so it doesn't really matter. Or, or right attitude, but didn't, didn't have the talent. That doesn't do you much good. But if you have both the talent and the attitude and that blends together, uh, when I think of somebody like that, who comes to mind? I think of guys like uh, Damian Lillard had the right attitude and had the talent at the college level, at the NBA level, just a, a convergence of this good stuff. And maybe you could say Donovan Mitchell if it's into that category, but he's growing into that. Not that he had a bad attitude before, but he was young and he was kind of like a puppy. And now, now he's a full grown dog and uh, it, it makes a big difference. And Rudy's had to adjust, too, because he was the lone star left on the team, right, after after Gordon Hayward left, and it was Donovan coming in to Rudy's team, in a sense. And uh, and Rudy's probably adjusting to, hey, there's two all-stars on the team, but Donovan does. He gets, he gets more of the headlines, and he's probably the more um, capable leader of the basketball team just based on the position that he plays and the way he plays the game. I don't think it makes Rudy any less important but Rudy, you know, he, he's, he's a hungry dude. And I'm not talking about uh, physically hungry. I'm talking about, you know, he's a, he's a hungry, motivated son of a gun. And he has been since the day he, he got into the league. And, you know, that's not always manifest in, in positive ways when it comes to a team-building standpoint. 
Did we lose Gordon? All right. Well, that's a good place to take a break anyway. But uh, those uh, those uh, statements from Dennis Lindsay yesterday certainly stood out. The Rudy adjusted his behavior a little bit in the return. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Oh, is this a quiet place where you should be alone? Is this where the tortured Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned. Sam Amick is going to join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Jay Hill, uh, Weber State head football coach, uh, will join us at 5. So make sure and stay tuned for that. Excited to talk to both of those guys. Of course, Sam Amick reporting from the bubble for The Athletic as the playoffs roll on. And, uh, and Jay Hill. Talk to him about uh, what's going on uh, in his world as far as college football and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll get back with Gordon uh, coming up here in a second. We hope um, we don't think anything has happened uh, to Gordon. He hasn't been eaten by coyotes, or at least that's what Austin's speculating that hasn't happened. He's there. There's a Gordon, any any coyotes involved? Are you there with us? No, I'm here with you. I don't know whether you can hear me, but I can hear you. I can. That's that's good. Uh, the Raptors have forced Game Seven, Gordon. And based on my opinion yesterday, I I'm I'm in for the Raptors uh, in Game Number Seven. I think the Raptors are moving on, and I am personally going to enjoy the Celtics' demise. <laughs> well, a lot of people were talking about the Celtics like they were all this and all that, but that Raptors team is really, really good. It's been one of those teams that surprised us this year after the departure of Kawhi Leonard. They're good. They are good. And, yeah, they might have their off games here and there or whatnot, but that's a tough team to beat. Let me ask you this. It, it, seeing the the regardless of what happens in game 7 but seeing the raptors doing uh, what they're doing and even the celtics Brad Stevens is is a really good coach and uh and uh Spo there in Miami are we seeing the resurgence of the really mm-hmm. well coached teams i mean these all these teams we're talking about are extraordinarily well coached and i would make a, an argument all three of the teams uh the celtics raptors and heat are all getting probably more out of their rosters than they deserve I would agree with that, and I agree completely about the quality of the coaches there in that group. They are a fantastic bunch, and, man, give me a good coach. Some people think it's just the players and the talent involved. You go, you got LeBron, you're going to win, blah, 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 blah. No, these coaches are at the top of their profession, and they do make a difference. And so, yeah, that group is really solid. Then in the West, I mean, you've, you've certainly got uh, good coaches left. Um, Mike D'Antoni, interestingly enough, probably won't have or won't be back with the Rockets next year. Where are you at on Frank Vogel? He's doing a better job than I would have thought. Yeah, I was iffy on him. I was not that impressed. But I, he seems to have a good demeanor around that Lakers team, and uh, it could turn into a zoo there if, you, if the coach let it. So I'm, I'm going to give him – uh, I'm going to give him a passing grade at this point, but uh, I, I'm still undecided. Well, I think he's he's in the just saying yes to LeBron vein. 
I think that's how you have to to coach the Lakers. <laughs> Just say, uh, uh, yeah, whatever LeBron wants, that's what we're doing. I'll I'll be taking a nap in my office. And maybe that's what they need. Not a not a real strong personality because Vogel was. I thought he was a pretty decent coach in Indiana, and then he goes to Orlando and uh, was far from it. So maybe that says something uh, more about Orlando than it does Frank Vogel. But um, I think you know what Doc Rivers is doing. He's kind of the perfect fit for that job because he's kind of like Phil Jackson in a way where he has to manage those personalities, and he certainly has experience doing that. And I think Michael Malone is a great coach uh, for the Nuggets. So there are a lot of good coaches still left in the playoffs for sure well when you look at these kinds of coaches that you're describing here jake what do they have in common their knowledge is vast that that's unquestioned so what about their personalities what is what kind of personality does eric spolstra strike you as as being or having he seems like a fairly serious guy, but I've I've heard Spo crack jokes before. I don't. He's kind of a he's he's not a personality dominant type of dude. He's not. Uh, you know, I think a lot of different personalities can be effective coaches in in different ways because we've seen it. Right. I think Spolstra's kind of nerdiness, knowledge of the game, that sort of thing. His perspective as a as a film guy for a long long time. I think he comes off very. Um, uh, uh, professional and probably is a pretty detailed guy. Right. And that's where the emphasis is. Not on a power trip, not on ego, nothing like that. I mean, I'm sure he has some of that, but it doesn't dominate what he's doing. And so often in the college game, you see coaches who are just, I don't know, they, they just take it too far. And it is all about them. And I th- that's detrimental at the NBA level. Uh, you have to understand that it is a player's league, but a coach can make a difference if he connects and communicates well with those players without making it all about him. That's that's a key, I think. Yeah, uh, I would. Although we have seen NBA coaches that uh, have a bit of an ego, I would say. Well, they all have they all have some ego, but it's not. It's not overwhelming. Even a guy like Popovich, I don't think when he's dealing with his players, yeah. But even even with him, I think behind closed doors, he he may be a, a better communicator than you would think, just because he doesn't communicate all that well with uh, with the media. Yeah, but wasn't uh, doesn't the legend go that the reason that the Spurs were so successful is because Tim Duncan would. Uh, um, placate the ego in a sense that uh, he could whoop up on Tim Duncan and Tim Duncan could take it so therefore everybody else had to isn't like that the ultimate ego but, play but, see, but that's what the great uh, great players and great coaches I mean think about the the relationship between Carl Malone and the, and, uh, the late Jerry Sloan uh, I mean the, Carl could have said to Jerry Shut up. Go sit down over there. This is my team, and we're going to do it my way. He could have tried to do that, but he didn't because he had too much respect for Jerry. And I'm not sure that they they always agreed. Uh, there probably were times when they didn't, and they got after it a little bit. But the respect was there, whereas one of them didn't feel like, hey, I have to lord it over you somehow. And that's where I think NBA coaches could get themselves in trouble. Hmm. 
Well, Quinn Snyder, I think, has a different take on it than other coaches. And uh, that's why, you know, when Quinn does let you in for those few moments and, and players do the same when they talk about their relationship with uh, with coach, you know, I think he has a lot of those things that Spolstra, Spolstra had, kind of a, a mad scientist kind of feel almost to it, though. And uh, really, you remember when uh, Coach Snyder talked about when he first uh, met Gordon Hayward and first met Derek Favors. Uh, do you remember this anecdote? Going, it's going back a ways, I know, Gordon. But when uh, uh, apparently, as the story goes, when he sat down with Derek Favors when he first got the job, they just chatted about life. You know, like uh, you know who he was as a person and, and kind of a much more personal type connection. And when he first met Gordon Hayward, they just broke down basketball for hours on end. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have mm-hmm. that. You have to have that interesting ability to to connect with players on on different levels and have the ability to to do that. Certainly more so in the NBA level at uh, than college. Well, knowledge is power. I really believe that at at, at the sports level. And Quinn knows <laughs> he he's so well informed about basketball that the the players pick up on that. And when you know someone is probably, <laughs> from a basketball standpoint, knows more than you do, you're going to listen to him. And I think that's one of the, one of the ways he gets respect from his players by studying film so so uh, at such a level that the players feel like I better listen to him because he might know a little something. All right, coming up, uh, we'll get to uh, get to what's going on in the three o'clock hour. Don't forget Sam Amick of four Jay Hill. At 5 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. But joining me now in studio, she is Katie from Homey and, of course, Homey.com. Well, we say Homey, Katie, but that's uh, we're talking about, uh, what, uh, Homey title, Homey loans, some buying or selling. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that you guys do. Yeah, so we've got a whole family of um that's one of our favorite billboards is our family is growing and we're we're not only doing real estate but we're also doing homey loans homey title homey insurance homey marketplace we're taking care of you from everything that you need for your home we've got you covered and you talk about growing i mean you guys are blowing up here in different markets now and it's just because you've got more and more people figuring out that there's a better way to do it exactly yeah we're we're not only in utah but we also moved down to vegas with the raiders too so look at that and we just launched this week we're official partners of the raiders how about down that there. congrats so we're really excited so um you can go online and you can request a virtual tour of the new raiders stadium so we're really excited i hear about that, that thing's awesome looks beautiful it, yep yeah i hear it's it's really really cool so there you go jump on board find out why uh find out what so many others are just get started at homie.com buying selling refinancing you guys will help out through the whole thing yep make it simple and easy for you all right homie.com we'll get to more coming up next 97.5 and 1280 the zone